0: What is up, Valley Sickos? It's the PHNX Sun Show live here, or if you're listening to us on the podcast, I am excited to be joined, as always, by the man, the myth, the legend. It's uh, the girth, Gerald Borgay, and one of my good friends, I'll call you that today. It's Saul Bookman. We're brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one rated sportsbook app. Use that code PHNX when you sign up. Bet $5 on any, any NBA <clears throat> team to win, and you're going to get $125 in free bets. Gentlemen, where are we on the sun's stages of grief today? Oh, you know, I forgot to turn mine in. but Well, it's fine. We'll just verbalize it. It's all right.
1: I'm over it, to be honest with you. I'm over it. It was easy to kind of get over it. the way you lost. It just, it really made me feel like we weren't even really that close
2: this year.
0: So you're in denial. Is that, this? No, <laughs> like I, I feel
1: like I'm over. Acceptance. I'm just moved on. Like okay. I've accepted it. Like it's
0: over.
2: I'm still hundred percent in denial. It's going to take all summer to process what the hell that all was summer? All summer. Also, I'm not kidding you. That was one of the more, and I've, you know, I was there since 2014. So I saw a lot of the horrible losses, that was the worst one that I've ever seen, just in terms of what was at stake. But that was tra- that was the stuff of trauma. It's like, like to me, it didn't
1: feel like that was traumatic as much as like Paxson hitting the three and you're just replaying it over so in your head in that's terms heartbreak
2: of like, for sure. Like Yeah, that's like to me, that's trauma.
1: Like, oh my God, we were so close. Why did you do this? Or why did you do that? And you could break down every little small thing. This it felt like from the jump, we didn't have a shot. It was over from the beginning. Like and but so that's
2: so it's like a different thing. Like, I feel like it's more just like demoralizing, downbeaten, like you got your ass beat and you were supposed to be a title contender. It's like a different offshoot of the trauma tree that yeah. we're. I think, I, about. I think the traumatic
1: part actually comes from, since you said that, it comes from now we're going to get into next season mm-hmm. and nothing's going to feel real until we get to the playoffs again. Yeah, no. nothing's going to matter.
2: Nothing's going to matter. You, you matter. can't, you can't. This is why we have trust issues. Like, i oh, shows. cool. You guys yeah. went 80-2. and two. I don't care. Let's yeah. see what happens in the first round, second I, round.
0: I sure as hell ain't saying the Suns are the best team in the NBA at any point in the regular season. I learned my lesson there, and yeah. I say that until
2: November, <laughs> and I'll be screaming at the top Game of my Game three, lunch. Suns are 3-0. <laughs> the Phoenix Suns uh, are the, the best, best <laughs> team in the NBA.
0: Look, uh... I'm still in anger, but yesterday I was kind of angry at myself for buying into the team. <laughs> now I'm just full fledged angry at the team for what <laughs> happened. You're always so. angry, though. It's not fair. Sometimes I'm no. I'm downtrodden. You don't know how to let it go. You just got to let it go. Some, uh, sometimes i I really let hope Saul go. swings tomorrow and he's <laughs> yeah. in some other stage that it, acceptance
2: It doesn't happen. So, uh, I'm uh, glad that Saul is so calm now before we start talking about DA. This bodes well because if you would come does. in with, with that type of energy, we'd be Ooh. in trouble today. <laughs>
0: Let's check out what some of the chat is saying. Hello, yourself. says, yeah. uh, Good, I was tired of it. As for you saying... It was my sons and four on me saying <laughs> the Fiat Suns were the best team in the NBA. Quote.
1: Ironically enough, when I, I tweeted that out when we were up 2 0, and all those fucking fans, see, now you want to excuse me? I, me I, right? I, hit, I said, all, all those fans <laughs> were like, oh, sons and four. If this didn't teach you a lesson, that is now two series that have happened where we've gotten eliminated. After going up 2-0, where mm-hmm. Suns were like, Suns in four, Suns in four. And then after game five, people were saying, Suns in
0: six, Suns uh, yeah. in six. Mm-hmm. Like, that just never bodes well for us, so stop. No. Nope. Mine was at least factually true. Yes. They were at the top yeah. of the standings. <laughs> at the moment I said it, factually true. So that's uh, I'll, I'll defend myself that way. Code says, I'm dead inside, uh, referring <laughs> to how, uh, how he's dealing with yeah. all this. Uh, so uh, Rudy Roman in the chat says, still annoyed but better uh so you know there are people that are starting to move through these stages of grief but one of the things that we're gonna have to take a deep dive and that's what today is all about is where do we stand with deandre ayton we all know game seven Mm -hmm. some weird crap went down with deandre he played 17 minutes uh you know, from the inside source, little Wayne supposedly Monty Williams got upset with Aiton and said, "quote You freaking quit on us." Mm-hmm. Uh, Aiton supposedly chirped back uh, and and said, it's, "According to some people, that he wasn't going to check back into the game." Basically, chaos is what what it. But it what did came Da say to. though?
1: Like, I, like that's the thing that I'm I'm getting a little aggravated about is like. You heard what Moni said, but how did you not hear what Da said? Especially if he's shouting at Moni, and they're relatively right in front of you. So, like, supposedly, what did Da say?
0: Supposedly, he said he wasn't going to check back into the game.
1: When he said it just like that.
0: That, from what yeah, we've I seen on Twitter, I, I don't. We don't know. That's what I'm saying. This we is, don't know either of it, but we know some kind of altercation, not physical, but appeared disagreement yeah. happened on the sideline where the two uh, obviously weren't happy with each other. Right. And
2: and there was a clip of him on the bench, not at that moment, but earlier in the game. I think um, our friend Shrieker posted it on Twitter, and you can kind of lip read. It's not, this is not a 100% perfect science, but it looked like he said, I can't pass me the ball. So it stemmed from what we've been talking about as far as this balancing app. The Suns have struck all season. They've got a number one pick who sacrificed. His entire time in here for the good of the team didn't get the contract that he wanted and that we all felt he deserved last summer. Um, And he wanted to do more this season. He was very vocal about that. He was very vocal about not wanting to be a traditional big man. And I think for the most part this season, they did a good job of allowing him to do a little bit more within the offense. We talked about how he improved on his hook shot, his mid-range touch. Um, He was allowed to shoot more threes, all of it. He was allowed to expand his game a little bit. But in the playoffs, we didn't see that same thing. And in game seven, especially. And there were a lot of mistakes that were made in that game on both sides. I don't want anybody to think that we are painting DA as the scapegoat for why they lost that game or that series. Um, But there were some instances where he could have been more aggressive. And there were a lot of instances where the Suns threw up terrible shots and didn't even get him involved. So this is a, a case of the two sides not seeing eye to eye, not meeting in the middle. And the result is a blow up that was months in the making and could have been nipped in the bud if they had just taken care of business and giving him a max extension last summer. I think, you know, it's, listen, it's
1: okay for DA to, to play the role of company man mm-hmm. um, and realize like, okay, well maybe I'll have faith that this will get worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the season goes along and things are going good, you're like, okay, this is trending up, everything's going good. And then you get to a point where you start to see the ship kind of rock and you're starting to see who the hell's rowing. And you're like, uh, hey guys, what the F are we doing? Okay, where are we? Going? And then you realize the ship is sinking and you really had nothing to do with it to a degree, to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start to get frustrated. You're like, no, let me paddle now. Like, and I think that's kind of where where DA's at, right? He's frustrated because he did, he was a team player. Yeah. You know, and, and nobody can dispute that. He, 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 he sacrificed. He very much theory. sacrificed for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, he should have been more aggressive, in my opinion. I've been saying that since day one. Like sometimes you just gotta be like, man, eff it, I'm gonna do it myself. And mm-hmm. he didn't do a good job of doing that. He doesn't have some of the skills necessary to do it at a at a consistent level either, um, which we'll get into in a second.
0: Well, I mean, he's. Let's be fair. At times, he slept walk through things too. It wasn't. Mm -hmm. It it isn't one thousand percent on just the offense getting it to him. But yes, they could have done a much better job of setting him up. To play well. Uh, it's
1: very easy to sleepwalk through things
2: when you know you're not going to be utilized, to be I honest I mean, that's with you.
0: fair, but there's Game, also certain elements you could have done better.
2: Right. Sure. I, I, I dove into this in the article that I wrote for today. Game seven was like the worst-case scenario of both the Suns not getting him involved and not feeding DA, as we like to talk about, and DA not doing the things that make him so effective. Like, just in the first quarter alone... Like two minutes into the game, there was a play where the Suns had a fast break and D.A. didn't even bother running down the court on offense. And then like he allowed himself to be boxed out by Maxie Kleber on a couple of plays where he had room if he was sprinting or going full speed to try and crash the boards. He could have got there, didn't do it. Um, And again, part of that probably stems from the Suns' lack of any offensive execution. Like I went back and watched the first half back because I like to torture myself apparently. But like they were just throwing up ridiculous shit, like hoping, praying it yeah. would go in, trying to draw fouls. There was no rhythm, no ball movement. It was just everybody looking timid, everybody looking scared of the moment, and nobody knowing what to do. And then by the time DA did actually, you know, set a strong screen and roll hard, you know, he missed. He had those two misses back-to-back where he mm-hmm. missed the hook shot and then missed the putback. And at that point, the game had just been blown wide open. So... It was kind of a comedy of errors in terms of everything possible going wrong, and, and both sides deserve bl- deserve blame for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it feels like this was almost destined to happen at some point. If, if things ever went sideways, the DA, his frustration would boil over both sides mm-hmm. would. I don't blame anybody, but what I did find interesting is what Monty Williams yesterday in his exit interview had to say about the situation.
3: Yeah, the, you know DeAndre's situation is something that we'll deal with this summer. I, I don't want to say anything that in regards to that. Um, James and I are going to have conversations about the team in general.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting how he talks about this, mm-hmm. and I, I just when you hear what Monty has to say, it makes me think. We're, we may be close to, to the end of DeAndre's time in Phoenix.
2: It, it feels that way. His future is very murky, and it doesn't help that the guy who escorted them out of the playoffs is the guy that you know we know now they should have taken number one overall. It, it just adds insult to injury, and you look at the system that they want to run, you look at how that clashes with what DA wants to do, how he wants to grow his game, as he should as a number one pick and a 23-year-old and a with room to grow. Um, it, it just feels like his future's in doubt. I had asked Monty another question about you know, the Suns' young core and where they can improve because when teams do key in on Book and CP3, as we saw in that playoff series, they needed Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson to step up, and those guys didn't. And I mentioned DA specifically as part of that core four, those young guys, and he kind of uh, he, he didn't mention DA specifically. He mentioned Mikael, he mentioned Cam. He mentioned Landry Shamit, which I know is gonna piss a lot of people off, <laughs> including
0: the the man next to him. Yeah, and I, and I
2: think he was talking about ball handlers yeah. just as part of the system in that question. But he also mentioned that after that incident, because someone asked, "Okay, have you talked to DA?" Um, and this was the day after the Game Seven loss. Have you talked to him? Uh, this is what Monty had to say about that. <sighs>
3: You know, when you took
4: took Aiden out, I think it was around eight twenty-six left, and, sure. and it looked like there was some interaction there. And then Yaki didn't put him back in. I I respect the fact of you saying it was eternal, but did you did you and him talk it out after the game? Because it, it just it just the way
3: that ended. Sure. Yeah. No, we didn't. Um, and you guys know me well enough. Like I'm gonna do everything I can to help us win games and. You know, at that point with the lead where it was, um, I made a decision to not not put him back in the game and I'll I'll keep all of the internal stuff internal, but it was just a decision that I made Um, and also got to a point where I didn't feel feel like Chris and Book um, were going to help us uh, on that particular night. But I do understand the question, but no, we haven't talked. Um, I talked to the team today, but I have not talked to DA personally.
0: And that, I think, is the most troubling thing because Monty seems like a guy that genuinely, uh, you know, when something like that happens, would want to patch it up, want to have that conversation. You imagine DA's not going to be around the facility a lot. I would have expected, you know, if he's a big part of the future, that Monty would have made it a point to go talk to him about what happened and discuss it. Now, he wouldn't have told us what they – what they talked about, but I would have expected, yeah, DA and I talked about it earlier
2: today. Do
1: you want to attack this or you want me to?
2: I'll I'll just take it real quick. I agree with you. I think if DA was definitively in their plans moving forward because James and Monty do talk about this stuff, he would have, A, reached out to him because that's the type of coach that he is, and B, you know, he would have answered when they asked him, is he part of your long-term plans flat out? He would have given a much more – assertive answer then we don't want to talk about that we'll talk about that this summer here we go
1: (laughs) all right well his hat says well well done's better than well said Mm -hmm. and uh what i'm gonna say right now is it's like listen it's easy to be the cool players coach when things are going right but things went disastrously wrong Mm -hmm. in game seven everybody's got to swallow a little bit of humble pie like they just do. And I think Monty in this instance, I know he's the head coach. I know he's disappointed with the way maybe DA responded to him about quitting on the team. But at this point in time, when things are going rough, you have still got to be that guy to be able to try and calm everything down and talk some sense into him, whether he's going to be a part of the future or not. Because at at, at the end of the day, He's still a young guy, right? He's 22, 23. What, what, I think he's 23, right? 23. 23. And he's still relatively immature and he's still growing. And they, not immature in a bad way. He's just, you know, he has kid like tendencies, which is fine. And I kind of like that about him. Mm-hmm. But Monty, uh, feeling the way he does, uh, you know, obviously from my impression, He's he's got to step it up to another level, right? And understand, like he's had those moments where he was disgruntled about playing time or his positioning on the team, and it took a veteran or it took a, an experienced coach that has seen it and done it all to be able to be like, listen, you're not you're looking at, at a at a small picture of of a really big um, story that's going on in your life, and you need to understand that everything you do is is bigger than just this moment. And and Da needs needs some of that on his own as well. I understand that. But um and I also think it's a bad, bad move on on Monty's part to sit there and say and not really acknowledge DA because listen, you can't you can't throw the team under the bus because he's still an asset you need to use moving forward, whether he's on the team or not. And when you when you kind of disregard him or or, or don't acknowledge it, then you're kind of you're you're kind of demeaning the own your own value DA, of that. You're uh, uh, yeah, you're devaluing da, and you can't do that because he he needs to be a valuable piece if you're going to try and get a superstar or a first round pick. Like that's still part of this equation, so you still got to play that game. And so I think Monty handled that poorly. I really
2: do. Well, and I, but- I, I do think I do want to point out it was still fresh. Like this was less than 24 it's hours funny. after they got their asses beat. I don't know what the future holds. There's still a possibility he's reached he's reached out by now or in the coming week. It's a long off season. I get your point. I think especially if you're going to address the team, you want to nip that in the bud. You want to have a direct conversation and get on the same page. I do wonder if this is a potential breaking point for what Monty wants to do with the team and what DA wants to do with his game. And that I think that came to a head in game seven, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that this is a situation where Monty needed to be better on that front. And I think DA, like, emotions were running hot. Like, Monty was clearly pissed about it when he was asked about it and said it's internal after Game 7. DA was clearly pissed about it, not just because of what happened on the sidelines, but he didn't speak with us after Game yeah. 7. He uh, We still haven't heard from him and, and any of the other players since that post-game press conference. So. There's, you know, as bummed as we all feel, as angry and depressed and whatever stage of grief we're dealing with, as we feel, those guys are still going through it themselves. Only they have everyone heaping on them right now. And, and deservedly so. They talk shit all season. They got their comeuppance, but I think they're still very much going through and processing what the hell just happened just like we are.
0: I, I agree. I think there's a, there's a, a sense of that and there are still heated emotions, but what caught, stood out to me wasn't what Monty said, wasn't DA not speaking in the media. It was when Devin Booker was asked about it, mm-hmm. and, and I'm paraphrasing here, but basically they have to make sure that the DA's mentals are right, I mm-hmm. think was, was the quote. And that stood out to me as like, okay, it's, it's not just this blow up with him and Monty. Uh, it's it maybe it's beyond the contract stuff like so I'm just gonna ask you guys this what percentage chance do you think we're at as we sit here that DA is back next year that he's on this roster
1: I mean anything
2: can happen but I, I would probably say it's less than 50 I'd, percent I'd put it at about 50 Um, because there there you know there's a lot of options that we're going to talk about but the Suns still have the power to match any contract for him if they so choose. And sign-in and trades are harder to work out than people understand. There's a lot of complicated math involved in that. And you have to have a situation where all three parties agree to it, where the Suns feel they're getting enough compensation for the guy that's going out, where DA is getting the contract that he wants on a team that he wants to go to, and the team is getting the guy that they want, signing him to a big deal, and still not giving too much up. That's a lot of moving pieces to navigate. Um, I think he could be back. I think that some bridges definitely have to be mended before then, if that's going to be what unfolds. Um, I do think in the Devin Booker situation, he was talking more about the heat of the moment, what happened on the sideline, and saying, like, we just want to make sure I care about him as a brother, so just making sure his mental is right, making sure he's straight off the court. Um, So I don't think it was specifically pertaining to what's going to happen with his contract yeah. more so just what happened in that game um but yeah it was interesting that he said whatever happens happens it's kind of hard to look into the future and determine yeah. that right now so
1: i just don't, i i just don't like how the how da gets a lot of the blame and he largely is, he receives most of the blame in every single game every time they lose it, usually, people are like, "Oh, it's Da's fault. Always Da's fault. Man. It's never Devin Booker. It's mm-hmm. never Chris Paul. It's never Mikael Bridges, who was an absolute tragedy in the playoffs outside of like two games. Like, no,
2: uh, not the, he was good in the first round. Yeah, he, he, was, he was, was all right.
1: He
0: was good defensively and uh,
1: in offensively. He was. He averaged not like very seventeen. Good. He was pretty. Yeah, thirty one helped round. a lot.
2: Yeah, you but know what I mean. mean like, yeah, it, I mean, I just small sample it, sizes. But Mikael Mc, Bridges
1: better. should be, uh, you know." The way he his growth and development should be and the same standard that DA's held to, like they, they should have been at least on the same trajectory, and I just don't feel the same but way about Mikael Mikael wasn't a number
2: one pick, and Mikael wasn't getting— Yeah, but Mikael touches the ball a whole hell of a lot
1: more than DA does, which is also another problem.
2: I don't know if that's a problem. Mikael has a perimeter skill set. DA doesn't. Until he learns how to dribble the ball, he's not going to be that number two option guys want people want him to be. Well,
1: when DA's gone, who's going to be that option? It ain't going to be Mikael Bridges.
0: Uh, Well, Hopefully, it's (laughs) whoever you're trading for, likely. But look, I'm not putting on the chaps here and sitting on the fence, but I understand where both of you are coming from, All right, Yeah, there you go. (laughs) That's Uh, a (laughs) a visual. (laughs) (laughs) That was the point. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh my god, what? That was the point here. Like, look, I I see where both of you are coming from, though. Mm. McHale was only nine selections uh, after Mm. D.A., and they traded up, and at the time it looked like it was a lot that you were giving up to move up to that 10 slot from 16. So he should have some of that pressure on him. But I see what Saul's saying in terms of D.A. has taken so much of the heat Everybody else team.
2: gets a
1: pass except for Da.
2: I, I feel I don't like think that's game true, seven, though. I, I do. Think I, I feel like true. a lot of the conversation has been: Is Devin Booker legitimate superstar? Well, we need to trade bum get, Chris Paul. Mikael Bridges disappeared. Like I don't feel that at game, all. I feel like everybody has been slandered and rightfully so. Game
0: seven, yes, everybody's taking heat. Mm. I think in totality, when you look at this season and and previous seasons, Da has taken a lot of uh, of shrapnel. For when they lose game seven, though, I think everybody's taking their fair share of you all suck in this. Uh, But D.A. was the one that had the sideline blow up, which which makes some of the attention go there. And he's the one that out of all of them you look at, and you go, that's the piece that legitimately could be moved because of the contract and everything. Uh, What I want to talk about, though, is. What are the possibilities and Adrian Wojnarowski was on ESPN earlier uh, and he talked about what he's hearing when it comes to DA.
4: Going into the season, DeAndre Ayton, he did not feel valued by this Phoenix organization. They were not able to come to an agreement on his rookie extension. He saw all the other players in his class or many of the top players get extensions. He wanted a max deal. He would not move off that. So now. He moves toward restricted free agency this summer, where now he'll have some more options, but ultimately, Phoenix can still match an offer out there uh, and, and keep him if he signs an offer sheet with another team. So you mentioned restricted free agency. What exactly does this summer look like for DeAndre Ayton? Well, you're going to look at the teams with cap space, a team like, let's say, for example, Oklahoma City, San Antonio, Portland, teams who could create enough cap space to go out and sign them, but also... The, the discussions of a sign-and-trade, meaning teams who uh, maybe don't have the cap space, and if Phoenix decides they want to get assets back for DeAndre and they don't want to match an offer sheet and either decide to pay him that max mm-hmm. or uh, allow him to just leave for nothing, which I think is what they won't do. Uh, there'll be a lot of conversations around the league. DeAndre Ayton's going to get a max contract in the marketplace mm-hmm. somewhere. Phoenix really has to look at their sort of the allocation financially yep. of, of how they want to distribute salaries, money. That's what this is. You know, the relationship with Monty Williams had been one of the real benefits. I think their uh, ability to work together and build a relationship, it'll be interesting to see how, how that season ended impacts this, but it's going to be really one of these stories of this offseason because DeAndre and there are a lot of teams lining up to figure out sure. how can we acquire him.
0: So you wrote a lot about this today, Gerald, mm-hmm. and what it'll look like. Uh, what do you think, there, you mentioned how complicated restricted free agency mm-hmm. makes us in the sign and trade. What do you think is realistic here, uh, you know, and and after hearing what Woj said?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's obvious that, like Woj said, lots of teams are going to be lining up for his services, and rightfully so. We, You know, as much as we talk about how inconsistent he can be with effort and that you know, focus that type of thing. He's still a top five player at his position and the Suns are not going to find anybody that's going to directly p- replace what he does on both ends of the floor in any facet, in any sign and trade. It's just not realistic. So if the Suns are going to do something like that, try to work off and a complicated sign and trade or, or bring in a star, it's, it's going to be replacing him by committee, by pieces um, and hoping that a more perimeter-oriented attack is going to make up for that. I do think that there is a strong case to be made to not overreact to what we just saw, that this is fixable, that if anyone can get this group back on the same page after what we just saw, it's Moni, um, because they do have a strong relationship. Up until this point, they have had a good back-and-forth Um and, and I don't think that you should just give up on a 23-year-old who is just starting to scratch the surface of his potential. We saw last year when he's locked in how he raises their championship ceiling. Um, I do think that this was unfortunate, and everybody's shell-shocked, and there's a tendency to overreact. But other teams can only offer four years and $131 million to DA, and the Suns have the power to match any offer. Other teams will try to junk it up a little bit by adding in trade bonuses, by trying to go for a, maybe a shorter contract so that he's a free agent sooner, um, by front-loading escalators? the deal. Yeah, yeah escalators by front-loading the deal. They'll try to throw different things in there that make it a little less uh, enticing for the Suns to match. But at the end of the day, if the Suns want DeAndre Ayton in Phoenix and they can't work out some sign and trade, they have the power to keep him. That's where things might get complicated is if no one throws an offer at DA and the Suns have all the leverage and they're lowballing him. They're not going to give him that five-year max. Maybe they're not even going to give him the four years and $136 that they can offer. Then we've seen restricted free agency get complicated where if the offers aren't coming in and guys are getting lowballed, then it becomes an uncomfortable situation. No deal gets done. And maybe DA plays out the season on a one-year qualifying offer, which would be uh, I think sixteen point four million dollars and then he's an unrestricted free agent and then you risk losing him for nothing next summer. so the absolute and, and last if he signs thing, a qualifying offer he can't be traded right there's a I, no trade in there's it. a no trade clause yes. in there yeah. so if <laughs> that is the last thing that the Suns can do is allow their number one pick to leave for nothing um and that comes in the form of someone throwing an offer that they don't match it comes in the form of him leaving an unrestricted free agency next summer. They have, all, you know, we can agree that they didn't take the best player in 2018, but they cannot compound it by letting a really talented two-way player who could be an all-star in the next couple of years leave for nothing.
1: You know, everybody likes to talk about Luka Doncic and how he was the best player in that draft, and deservedly so. He is. Mm-hmm. And everybody likes to use Sam Bowie. Sam Bowie wasn't even the first pick in the 1984 draft. Mm-hmm. It was Hakeem Olajuwon. Right. And that's what I keep saying is like, okay, you might have missed on Michael Jordan, but you, maybe you got Hakeem Olajuwon. And it took Hakeem about eight years to finally find a good groove um, in the NBA to be a dominant force. And DA's only in year four. Like, Hakeem didn't win his first championship until after Michael Jordan left in, 1980, or in 1994, and he went back to back. Like, it takes some time for these guys to develop and in a system that that is consistent enough to develop in, and I feel like right now, like my my trouble with what the way Monty and the Suns have used Aiden is, it, there seems like there's no plan to develop that. Like yeah. I felt like a, at some point in the season, it looked like there was. He was getting a lot of the 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 elbow jumpers. Um, they were finding him down low in the post. The the hook was working, and then somewhere in the last week or two of the season, and basically the entire playoffs. They just completely went away from that and didn't give him the opportunities to shine on offense as much as they had been. I I really felt like, I was like, oh, this is happening. This is working. And if you go back to all the shows that we did, I said that. I said, this is what we were talking about. Like, you got to keep feeding him. Get his confidence up. And then they just, they panicked. The players panicked. They stopped using him. They stopped trusting him. And they went a completely different way and everything just absolutely fell apart.
0: I think panic is a a great, uh, is a great, word when you're describing what happened in this series. It felt like they panicked in general and went away from a lot of things that they did that led to yeah. success. Not yeah. just not just DA in in this, but to your uh, to your nineteen eighty four draft comparison, I mean there's no question that Marvin Bagley was the Sam Bowie yeah. of that draft. I mean yeah. I mean, that's a draft that also had Barkley going five. Like, there were there was a lot of talent, and I don't think there's any denying that DeAndre Ayton is talented mm-hmm. uh, and and one of the best players that came out of that draft. Yes, Lucas should have been one, but DA is still a talented guy. you got to figure out what happens. One thing uh, before we get into our trade machine Tuesday, which we'll talk about potential trades, but how much does the question marks about the investigation – and what may happen with ownership play into this as well, because you may you may not have the same guy signing checks if that if this goes a certain way. And that could change the whole complexion of the way the franchise approaches how much money they're willing to spend too.
2: It it very well could. And again, I think that before we even get to that point, like I said, the bridges have to be mended between Monty and DA because that's an uncomfortable situation and it does make it feel like his days in Phoenix are numbered. Um, You know, that that's the thing going back to that 1984 comparison. He's not Sam Bowie, but the difference is Hakeem was like an MVP defensive player of the year, all NBA perennial guy. DA is not Hakeem in that regard, but if you win a title with him, then he becomes the Hakeem comparison in this draft. They passed up on the best player, but they were still validated because their guy helped them win a championship. Yeah, and that's not, all that matters. Not a
0: perfect comparison. Right, right.
1: Uh, Did you see this? Uh, should
0: we talk let's, about this? Let's get into it after. All right. after I'm, I'm, I'm grabbing degree. this right now. We'll bring it up with uh, with something else. But, uh, you know, I've been – I'm on some new medication, guys. <laughs> uh, Oh, that's awesome. What a segue! All here. right, I, I've been feeling down because of, because of what happened in Game Seven. I'm on some new medication. They're not they're not uh, oh, intertwined yeah. here, but it's been making. Apparently, me tired. Apparently, this is a safe space. It's been okay. making me tired, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but then I realized I hadn't been taking my athletic greens, and so this morning was the first time in a week uh, that I took it, and I finally am feeling like myself again. Right, a little a little bit more energy, <laughs> I got a, uh, fever. a little better. I you got only fever and the only prescription is more athletic greens, baby. Uh, <laughs> Shit. And, I still
1: found uh, that east coast real quick,
0: yeah. hey. Uh, but you know, one delicious scoop uh, of this gives you 75 high quality vitamins that you're absorbing, gives you a boost of energy like none other. I highly recommend it. Uh, and it supports better sleep, sleep quality and recovery. And God knows after this 82-game uh, <laughs> season and, and eight you know, or whatever, how many ever playoff games, 13, we're all a little 13, tired. 13 playoff six games. Six plus seven. We're all a little tired. Uh, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. That's how many this podcast has, too, if you didn't know. Oh, no, but we're just (laughs) going to say that Uh, it costs you less than three dollars a day. Plus, you're investing your health. Make sure uh, to visit athleticgreens.com slash sons and you're going to get a immune supporting vitamin D uh, supply for one year and a free five travel packs as well. When you purchase, Uh, just go to that. Once again, athleticgreens.com forward slash sons and start today you
1: know what i love about the about the twitterverse is that people still it's as if they didn't even watch the playoffs will still say oh we should trade da for (laughs) cat did you not see cat in the playoffs my
2: guy just absolutely disappeared he had a couple of good games but yeah he was not (sighs) he's not but i mean if we're gonna go there so to DA down the stretch of the map series. Fair. Let's,
0: we're go Let's there, uh right? we had a super chat I want to get to before we move into Trade Machine Tuesday here. Uh, Code d- donated or donated we're a charity now. He donated 999 <laughs> $9 to us. Uh Eaton showed how impactful he can be in that Pelican series, which uh yeah, you saw the flashes of what he can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, so and him and I, Cat
1: did play the first round. They did, <laughs> <laughs> they
0: did. But I think you could argue we saw it in last year's playoffs. Absolutely. Too, right? yeah. Like, th- yeah. there's no denying that uh, Psycho Blue, uh, the two dollar super chat says, "Da 2019 drug buzz. I love it. it made it sound like oh, he was man. some drug mule. Right. For the like, cartel. Get the heck! Come on. Oh. Plus the max equals new OJ Mayo. No, 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 no. 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 no.
1: Thank Anyways. you for the super chat. No. Yes, thank <laughs> you. Thank you for two dollars well spent. Right,
0: like I Psycho said, Blue. we'll read pretty much anything <laughs> if you super chat. Eh, uh, don't say
1: that. Don't give I, I don't know. Uh,
0: anything, anything that's not slanderous or will get me canceled, uh, I'll probably read in a super chat, which is different than Lindsay, but I'll do it. So let's talk about Trade Machine Tuesday. New yeah, but we're not we're the
1: 1980s great. Sun Psycho Blue. Come on now.
0: <laughs> uh, look. Hey, Trade Machine Tuesday. Every Tuesday during this offseason, we will discuss trades and potential things that people are putting in the ESPN trade machine. This will be the day we do it, unless there's a legitimate uh, rumor that has legs, right? Mm-hmm. This is where we do speculation. It will only happen on Tuesday. So don't expect it other days. This is when we're going to do it. Uh, and I want to talk about, before we start here, or as part of our start here, Flex from Jersey, our friend, had a couple tweets that I think lit the fuse on Trade Machine Tuesday. One yesterday, if we can get that one up on the screen, Flex said, going to be an interesting offseason in Phoenix. I'm told Phoenix will have a unique opportunity to land a true superstar who wants to be in Phoenix with Book while allowing CP3 to take a lighter load as the third option at 37. Right place at the right time, or time situation for the Suns, Eyes wide open emoji. And then, do we have the second tweet here from Flex? This, just a second ago as the show was going on, I'm told Aiton has been internally expressing a desire to play elsewhere for months now. He wants to be a primary option, and he wants his money. This is why the Suns looked hard into Sabonis at the deadline, as noted in the tweet uh, that he had sent on February 5th. Suns knew this was coming and are prepared for the options. So, gentlemen... Uh, trade season has begun, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think we all sensed, as we talked about in the opening segment, a lot going on under the surface here. This may provide a little bit of of a window into into some of that. Mm-hmm. How do we feel now? Like we're looking at trades now. I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. Uh, where, what are you feeling? In terms of a DeAndre. Aiden and Zach Lowe also confirmed the Sabonis to thing. Aiden thing. Yeah, so. On his mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. Gerald, you look like you got you got I thoughts. got a lot of thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait,
1: there's another. Can I say this real yeah, yeah, quick? Go. And then there's another one from Flex that says the Suns will only do a sign and trade with Aiden that makes sense for them and brings in a star. Otherwise, they will let DA get a max offer sheet and simply match it. The Suns control this situation, not DA. Aiden's only leverage is signing a qualifying offer of 16.5 mil, which we've already talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, But trust me, he's not doing that.
2: Yeah, I I think the Suns still hold all the leverage, as Flex noted. Um, I think that's concerning to hear as a Suns fan that DA envisions himself as a number one option. I totally get wanting more money because we were very adamant uh, seven months ago, whatever it was, that DA had done enough to earn a max contract And even if he hadn't in a vacuum, even if he wasn't, you know, a true max player, as we were talking about, the moment Michael Porter Jr. got his deal, the market dictated that he was max worthy. And the Suns did not do their job and keep him locked in, keep everybody happy. That cultivates the disease of more, as it's called, except it's embarrassing because the disease of more usually applies to NBA champions. Champions. The The Suns went to the finals and got curb stomped the last four games. Like, they went up 2-0. They had no—it mm. drives me nuts. I would say Game 7 was more of a curb stopping. I, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, no, that's a curb stopping. You're right. But they got brutalized for four straight games. <laughs> true. They got They got reminded, and they had plenty of fuel for this season. We saw the way that they took it out on teams all year, and then when it came time to back it up and to deliver, they didn't do that. So it's upsetting to hear that he wants— to be a number one option because he doesn't have the skills as of right now to do that. No. He also doesn't have the leeway to kind of get those in game reps to build on it, I think, because of the system. But again, I also do think with his current skill set, he is maximized in this son's system. People keep talking about how Monty doesn't use him right and all this other stuff. Like, go back and watch the way that Igor used him and tell me that it's so much better than what we've right. seen from DA. Yeah. Tell me that his when he is firing on all cylinders, when he is hustling, when he is focused and locked in, it doesn't make the Suns look unstoppable on offense. So there's a chance he could go to another team and really expand his game and individually make the Suns look stupid for the way that he grows as a player. But I have a hard time seeing him doing that on a team that is anywhere near as successful as what we see here in phoenix
1: yeah there's a there's a certain level of uh, maturity like we just i just talked about a little bit ago that needs to come with da and Mm -hmm. and you know for as much as i i've clamored for him to get the ball more and touch the ball a lot more um there's also something to be said about developing his own skill set to a point where he he can do more like yeah. uh, you know handling the ball is one of those things where you just have to be able to handle the ball at a much higher level than you currently are capable of um you know you got to be much stronger down low how many damn times did we have to see in the Dallas Mavericks series him get come down with the rebound and then lose it as soon as he came back down like um his ability to hit the 3 and and expand the court a little bit and be a perimeter player a little bit more you don't want him to live on the perimeter of course no, but of course not. but being able to hit Three to four threes a game would, ex- ex- you know, exponentially expand um, the offense in the game, similar to like uh, what a Robin Lopez is doing for the Bucks. You know, so there's there's things that Da is in full control of, and to Gerald's point, I agree. Like he has to take ownership of that and develop his own game to get to a point where he really, he truly could even fathomably be a number one option. But right now, he's nowhere near a number one option. But I do like his mindset and thinking I need to be a number one. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of pressure that I don't think he realizes in order to be a number one, you got to be a number one. Mm -hmm. You can't can't half-ass shit, especially if I turn on the tape and watch you play against the Mavericks or the Pelicans and you're kind of giving it 50% speed. Mm -hmm. That's not what number ones do. Devin Booker doesn't do it. Devin Booker had bad tendencies earlier in his career, but of late he's changed those tendencies around. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about the Mavericks series or the Game <laughs> Seven, right? But in in totality and and why Devin Booker has improved so much is because he has. But this is about the point right here, guys, where Booker got rewarded and got got his extension at a year about four, three or four, three or four, yeah. And and now he's he's living up to that ex- expectation mm-hmm. of that max contract. Da's in that spot right now. What he does with this moving forward, whether it's on the Suns or not, is going to dictate what level of greatness he can achieve in the NBA. And right now, let's be honest, he's 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 a good player, and that's it.
0: Look, he's I, just don't, good. I don't have any problem with him wanting more touches. I would hope any guy would would want that for himself and try to accomplish more. But if he really thinks he's a number one, he should go look at the fact that he struggled at times to be a number three option here. Uh, at certain times this season and understand that might not be the guy he At
1: this is. point, he should be the undeniable number two. You're right. But he's not.
0: No, he's not yet. And, and so I get it. Some team that's desperate that needs somebody will take a chance and say, hey, you can come be our number one guy, right? And we've been there. We were there not too long ago with right. – going after LaMarcus Aldridge and being like, you can come be our number one guy. Like (laughs) we'll, we'll sell the farm to just get you here.
2: You know, and and that's the thing I want people to understand about DA as a number one or even a number two option is like, you look at the guys that are his size, his position that are number one options and they can handle the ball. Like Nikola Jokic can pass and dribble and shoot. He's a walking triple double. Giannis can dribble and cover ground with like two steps uh, Joel Embiid is a back to the basket traditional big but he can handle the ball he can step out on the perimeter he can pass he can do all of that like DA doesn't have that skill set with his handle or with his passing yet he to say he doesn't develop to some degree but he's not at that level yet so wanting to be that guy you're gonna have to show a lot more than you've showed to this point to prove to some team that you're capable of doing that yeah. so,
0: so let's get to some specifics uh Earlier, I think it was yesterday, Bill Simmons talked about this situation and one potential destination.
2: Well, I think there was a lot of smoke with the Pacers in the eight and before the deadline. I do think that was being discussed. And, you know, I still think that's possibly in play for him. So I'd watch out for them. So, you know if they have Turner. There's moves you could make where you could make that a little more financially powerful, <laughs> Turner's palatable. Turner's been trade rumors for I know. Like, four like, or McCaulough. five. McCollum <laughs> really? finally got traded.
0: <laughs> so he brings up Indiana, but not talking in the past with Sabonis. He brings up Miles Turner as an option here. Here's our first trade machine uh, option, and there's a little flaw here, Gerald. You can yeah. get in into this, but let's show. Uh, the Turner trade option here that went into the trade machine. It was Miles Turner and uh, Chris. I always mispronounce his name Duarte. Duarte? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, How do you
1: mispronounce it? What do you say?
0: Duarte? <laughs> I like, I, I don't have, a, I'm not, I'm not cultured in accents and everything, which we'll find out later in cultured the show. Cultured in accents. Okay. okay. Chris, du, Chris Duarte. Uh, Duarte. Uh, fine. Duarte. Christ Duarte. <laughs> Chris Duarte. <laughs> uh, anyways, for, uh, for DeAndre Ayton, there is a flaw here. What was put in for uh for Aiton's max salary is actually a million higher I believe than it actually is can you yeah can you kind of walk us through what this would really look like? so for a
2: four-year max that any team signs outside team signs DeAndre to it would start at 30.5 million instead of 31.5 as was listed there so when you do the math as far as the trade for Miles Turner's 18 million dollar salary and Chris Duarte's basically four million dollar salary um the suns are getting 2.7 million in incoming trade value above what they would be able to accept in this scenario. So, so there would have, have to, to be yes. Yeah. So there'd have to be an additional piece sent out or something to make the math work. But if we're talking about basic framework of Miles Turner and Chris Duarte, i don't know guys i don't know
1: Zhu, real quick you've asked asked this several times and we've mentioned it a million times he's a restricted free agent so if you were going to trade him you would have to
2: do a sign and trade that's
1: how that would work
2: right right? and and as we talked about earlier in the show sign and trades are difficult to navigate because you got three parties you've got to get everybody on the same page and agree to but um would you consider this i mean if
0: this were what was presented uh here coming up would you be okay with
2: As like a last resort, like my you guys, you guys, like people complain about DeAndre Ayton's rebounding. Wait until we introduce you to Miles Turner. (laughs) That guy averages like five or six rebounds for his career. So Um, like, if we're talking about like soft big men and all that stupid shit, you're gonna have a field day with Turner. If
1: we're talking about Miles Turner, you can color me not on board. (laughs) Nope, not even a little bit.
0: I I agree, right? I don't think I don't think this is getting the value that you're gonna need to justify. Making this move, but I fear this is the type of deal that's actually realistic. That's actually going to be, if they pull the trigger, the kind of thing that comes to fruition. I know, I know that uh, you know that Flex was talking about a superstar wanting to be here and and all that, but I don't know that you're going to get there in a sign and trade with DeAndre Ayton. I just don't. I, you know, KD gets brought up a lot. Mm-hmm. Are the Nets really going to trade KD for? for a, a Max DeAndre Ayton. Do we
1: want to go down this road again there, Espo?
0: <laughs>
1: we can. I, mean- I remember a certain host once upon a time saying that Suns Nation was completely flipped on its head because there's no way we're getting Chris no, Paul. I
0: said... And then the next day it we got Chris Paul or the
1: next week it was,
0: was not the next day but let me say this <laughs> yeah. that was a different I situation
1: and I have that videos was, <laughs> that was
0: me thinking 44 million the Suns wouldn't take it on based on what we had seen in their spending this is saying I don't know that the Nets are going to give up Kevin Durant for what amounts to DeAndre Ayton as the center have you seen
1: the, the circus that is Brooklyn I don't get do do just about anything, but I
0: don't think you trade that piece if they're going to move off somebody I think Kyrie is that guy that they move off of. Not Kevin Durant for Deandre.
2: Yeah, I mean I I don't I'm pretty sure Durant signed an extension with them. So he's locked in. So he would have to force his way out of Brooklyn. So, you know, Flex did allude to a superstar that wants to play with Booker and and Paul here in Phoenix. So maybe I don't but I that one's kinda of pie in the sky. There's only scenario. one other superstar that
1: I can think of that I know has been on record talking about how, how he likes Phoenix and, and what's going on and blah, 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 blah. And I don't think people are ready for that conversation. Should we say the name? Was it was it Dame? No. No. Who? lebron
0: oh, oh boy no, not yeah. brawny that's that's the next generation if we got lebron <laughs> we would have to get Bron- <laughs> look, th- we will bring Deforced. up that. we will bring up that in another trade yeah, okay. uh, uh right. trade Fair machine enough. tuesday where we actually look at it but that whole the superstar verbiage it, i think is wishful thinking to try to pull it off uh in this you know? i'm just
1: telling you, I'm telling you man just save these clips man i'm <laughs> telling you because <laughs> if it happens you it's know gonna happen.
0: I, I don't mind being wrong if you get <laughs> kevin durant or or lebron james or some superstar in it it just i feel like that miles turner deal is more is more close to reality of what you're going to get in return if deandre ayton is the the sole centerpiece of the deal
2: I think it is, and I think we should note that as much as that would be a pretty underwhelming return for D.A., because like we've said, you're not going to get a center that replaces what D.A. does. He's a top-five guy at his position for a reason. Turner is a better shot blocker, and he's a better perimeter shooter in terms of volume and and being relied on to shoot those threes. Um, But he's not particularly efficient with those three-point shots. He's not a great rebounder, as we've said Um, and we haven't really seen him in a playoff series be able to step out onto the perimeter consistently just because the Pacers haven't really been playoff relevant for a while. I like Duarte. I think he's a young player that you need cost-effective pieces on Mm rookie-scale deals now as you continue to extend your guys to keep them around. Um, We saw in the playoffs how important it is to have ball handling, to have shooting, to have scoring, guys who could just go get a bucket, but... Uh, yeah, that, uh, you don't feel good about that and you hope that the system and the collective pieces can make up for it. But in reality, I don't know that it does.
0: I'm, I think – oh, go ahead. I'm just going to say, you want a clip that you can save. If he pulls off – if James Jones pulls off a deal for a LeBron, a Katie, a superstar, mm-hmm. and DA is the, is the main piece, he is a freaking wizard. Yeah. And I would go down there and do the say anything – with the boom box and just pl- outside of, outside of footprint center and play a love song straight at James Jones office. If he pulls yeah. off a deal like that. And I, I promise you we'll film it. I'll do it. If they pull off a deal for a superstar that, that is based around a uh, Deandre. Is well, that something say, James wants? I,
1: just, I don't wait, care the, James he wants he opens up his, What the hell's going on out there? Who is this weirdo? Um, I forgot. I completely lost train of thought now because all I can hear is "In Your Eyes" by Peter Gabriel. In
0: your eyes, oh the God. light, the heat, James, you can't be defeated. Your That's eyes. So anyway, uh, let's speaking of oh speaking God. of something that James may not like. Let's take a look at a a fan trade proposal. This came up to us from Twitter. Uh, this will be part of our Trade Machine Tuesday. Here's a look at a deal that that fans want to see. It's Damian Lillard uh, and Nurkic for Chris Paul and Deandre Ayton. First off, would you do this?
2: Yeah. Oh, but yeah, it's really like <laughs> it,
0: the the the
1: the separation is so marginal and it's it's really Chris Paul in this that that that's the X factor mm-hmm. cuz uh Yusuf is is all right. He's a serviceable big man, but like he doesn't really move the needle for me uh compared to da i think da has no. got much higher upside um damie lillard you know what you're gonna get mm-hmm. um he's younger you know he's he, he can shoot the three at a very high level he can take over a game by himself mm-hmm. chris paul it's just the injury factor man like the, well, the I mean, injury fact, factor he's 37 Yeah, and man. he's 37 you know like so I, I mean i i would probably do it just because you're gonna get younger Um, With a bona fide superstar coming in,
2: but oh man, I I don't know if that really makes you all that much better, to be honest. Dame is Dame is a flat out star, and he's the guy that you know that backcourt. You, as much as we talk about how Chris Paul and Devin Booker are the best backcourt in the NBA, that would probably be a step up at this stage, just given the type of player that Dame is. But Nurkic is a league average center, and he comes with the same type of injury concerns that. A lot of the that you know we talk about Chris Paul Nurkic is the same thing. Uh, That's that's to and also I don't know that Portland would do this. Well, that was my next question. I don't think I don't think Portland does does unless you're throwing in a first round pick or two (laughs) on top of that. Like
1: the only way Portland, honestly, the only way any of these teams would do it is they they see such a big upside in Da that they feel like it's worth trading a a key piece or they have a disgruntled superstar, which Portland does. Dame Dame has made it known like he is not happy, mm-hmm. um, and as much as he says he still wants to stay in Portland, there's still that that underlying like you know darkness that that keeps prevailing that says. But does he though? Like mm-hmm. I, I really feel like Dame wants out for sure. Draft,
0: draft lottery could change a lot of that too. If the if Portland winds up with a you know first the first or second pick, I mean that. That maybe and you can get and you can get to a max contract space if
2: you're Portland. But the as well. players that are coming out this year, they're they're it's, they're good, but
1: they're it's not. It's all about next hope, level though, grade. is
0: What is what he's looking for.
2: Well, the thing with Portland too is that, like, I'm pretty sure if they waive the Josh Hart, yes, they can get to max, max. space and try to pursue DA without having to give up their franchise player. So Yeah,
0: but you don't you don't get a guarantee at that point because Yeah, you do. not us the
2: only other thing I would like to say about Dame
1: is as much as I love Dame, he's like one of my favorite guards in the league. Mm-hmm. We've seen him play with another really really good off guard mm-hmm. um in C.J. McCollum and that whole thing just blew up. Like it just did not work for whatever reason. So him and Devin Booker
2: coexisting, you know, like uh
1: yeah, I I've kind of seen I think
2: it's because C.J. sucked as a defender though. Like, I think that was like neither one of them guarded anybody. And that would be a real issue if you're trading Chris Paul for Dame Lillard because Lillard's not a great (laughs) defender. Book is when he's on a winning team. But what? who's to say if they get off to a rough start, that continues. Let's
0: come back from fantasy land because that was a totally (laughs) made-up one. Uh, But what isn't fantasy is the fact that we're still dealing with COVID-19. I thought we were doing the and wheel. Co- we are. That's coming up next. <laughs> I gotta read. We, we have doing- 16 ads in the show. Why are re- we doing it for like every ad? three
1: super chats too. We're not doing
0: it in every ad okay. because it's going to take too long.
1: This game uh, sucks.
0: We're officially in the play... <laughs> <laughs> Now now I got old ad copy in here that's taunting me that says, we're officially in the playoffs and the Suns are on a hot streak. Oh, what anymore. is this? Good job, Max. <laughs> we're not in the playoffs. Update the ad but, reads, you loser. But if you're going out there to do things this summer, please be safe. Make sure to get your COVID-19 vaccines. They're free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are now eligible for boosters as well. Visit azhealth.gov slash vaccine for a location near you. Do you want two for our game? I can leave no, fine. two of our ads. I'm gonna leave two. This is your All game. All right. Let's uh let's move into our final topic, our final segment of the show. We're gonna do this throughout the off season. Wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. Are we still are we done with DA?
0: Yeah, we're done with DA.
1: No, 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 no. Wait. I wanna hear what Perk had to say.
0: We just completely right. missed out Perk. We did, well, we're already at an had, hour perk, here. Perk, had the, best shown every clip perk of had the best sound every clip. Perk had
1: the best sound of anybody and you just dis- Ooh, really I don't know about that. We, we have
0: literally <laughs> we have literally shown every did. clip where somebody said the words DeAndre Ayton on television. Today. But nobody says it like Ke- Perk. Let's show
1: Perk. I love you, Perk. Oh boy. I blame Chris Paul and I blame Monty Williams why they didn't get the contract extension done. Because Chris Paul during last year in the post-game interview during the postseason, he said, what? We're going to get you paid, big fella. We're going to get you paid. And DeAndre Ayton, look, the sky's the limit for this young man. And at the end of the day, everyone got a piece of the pie except for him. What he did to Jokic last year in the Western Conference Finals and to come into this season feel like feel, feeling like as the number one pick he's yeah. undervalued, to me, that's that's poor leadership. And I don't blame him for actually getting into it with Monty Williams. You know what? I love Monty Williams, but in this instant, you got to get that big fella paid.
0: How the heck is this the best clip yeah, of the that's
1: day? That's the, the worst about, yeah. clip. Because he blames chris paul How and he the blames fuck money is it chris paul's fault <laughs> chris because paul's chris not, paul front said he fault. was gonna get paid and he lied but he not had Paul's decision, decision. <laughs> chris paul runs the Suns. are you kidding me right now chris paul put him in position to get paid and da
2: put himself in position i honestly just like that's to hear i honestly office. just
1: like to hear uh kendrick Perkins talking about Devin booker <laughs> <laughs> and chris paul gotta gotta give that man his money
0: hey uh-huh. we, we want this guy on the show let's not do the impersonation he won't even Respond to our calls. <laughs> That's not
1: true. Don't be
2: rude, Kendrick. I haven't called. Did it. you try you the boom him. box thing?
0: <laughs> I'm going to go out at the NBA Finals so Kendrick Perkins with the boom box begging him to come on the show. Anyway, so uh, can we go to yes. the next thing I was trying sure. to go to? We're going to be doing this on the show can throughout the office. drive this car
1: off the cliff all the time. Maybe it's, I would uh, have to steer geez, it. Man.
0: <laughs> Lindsay's not here. What do you want? I'm doing my best, all right? If we Thelma and Louise, we Thelma and Louise, oh my all right? Oh, God. So anyways, we're going to do this uh, every day on the show. It's called Ad Read Roulette.
4: All right, let's go, The game go,
0: baby. is simple. We're going to do paper, rock, scissors to see who has to do it, and then we get a wheel of accents or different things that you're going to have to read the ad as. Today, you got two ad reads you're going to have to do, OGs and... Uh, our friends at DraftKings. So let's start the paper, rock, scissors. Oh, All Jesus three of us Christ. will go, and then uh, will come off. So let's paper, rock, scissors, you okay, boys. Ready? All right. So Saul's damn out. It. <laughs> damn it! double whammy. So Saul's doing it. Yep. Yeah. All oh, right. Let's damn spin. It. Let's spin the wheel of ad reads. Let's see what Saul I'm has to do concerned. this in. I didn't think of this, but let's yeah. look at it. Southern accent. So <laughs> oh, okay. the stage is yours. Uh, wait, which one am I reading? You're reading DraftKings Kings and OGs in the Southern accent. Oh, and OGs? Yeah. Why? Well, we can do a second spin, so you have to do a second. DraftKings Kings voice. and OGs. Okay. Right. Well, hey. Uh, Mr. Saul bookman in a Southern accent on the ad <laughs> oh, read Jesus roulette. Christ, this is going to be fucking terrible. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> you got to talk like molasses are coming out of your mouth. So, <laughs> hey, listen up, y'all. The Miami Heat are minus two underdogs or favorites, right?
0: I don't know. You're minus two favorites.
1: And right now, if you use promo code PHNX, this is like a little bit of a Texas. Keep
0: keep going. Texas is in the (laughs) South. Just keep going.
1: (laughs) Minus two, uh, you will win a lot of scratch. Uh, as my friend Espo would say. Uh, so just go ahead and download the the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code PHNX and uh, new customers can bet <laughs> just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets. Yes, they do. Yep, that, it's that simple. If they win, you
0: win. You got to read the disclaimer. Too, I though. got it, I got it.
1: <laughs> so just go on now. Just go ahead and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code PHNX, bet for $5. And remember, DraftKings Sportsbook, 21 and over, Arizona only. A Gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook <laughs> for details. Would you like a second
0: one for OGs or would you like to continue Southern? No, it's between
1: you two for OGs. I'm done. All right, fine. Oh, let's, let's do this. Oh, yeah. Over let's yeah. go, baby. Boy. Let's go. All right. Oh, why don't you guys just do the same thing yeah, all man. the fucking time? Let's, oh, yeah. all right. let's spin oh. the wheel
2: as Gerald lost. God, I hope we get Southern again. Am I even looking at the right one here? Yeah. Okay.
1: Here we <laughs> it's
0: Southern again. No, spin it again. Oh, we got to hear different Let's spin one. it again. Kyle, you all sp- right. Uh, we've got... Uh, you have to do it as Bonte Williams <laughs> using Monty as <is. laughs> oh, <man.
2: laughs> I don't even know. Oh my goodness! I really hope Monty never sees this. Sees me trying to impersonate him by looking at the right ad here. <laughs> just, just ogs, OGs. my friend. <laughs> oh man! I don't know how to do Monty.
3: Like, you you just can just have use Montyisms. You don't have
0: to try to do his voice. Just <laughs> work in Montyisms into your ad. You can take that down.
2: Ah oh, man, this is going to be terrible. Uh Everything you want is on the other side of hard. <laughs> so stop by your local dispensary and uh, grab some amazing scratch-made THC gummies from our friends at OG's. Well done is better than well said. <laughs> I'm just throwing
4: shit in there. It's, it. it's fine. fine. Go ahead
2: different flavors like blackberries and cream and watermelon. So stinking good. Perfect if you're in the mood for an uplifting sativa or a chill indica. If you're freaking interested in trying the amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer, go to ogsbrands.com. Don't get happy on the farm. That's ogsbrands.com to find OG's near you. I
1: love
0: that it was Monty oh my for a podcast.
2: Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to do money. Well, oh, I thought that was that was, that was,
1: that was amazing.
0: You would think,
2: uh-huh. you think I
0: rigged this because I didn't have to oh my do it. Uh, we're going to go more high tech tomorrow. It's not going to be a wheel. It'll be some graphics. We'll do it. We'll do it up big. But that is a new, uh, <laughs> a new thing that we'll be doing uh, with our ads. I think we've come to the end of the program, gentlemen. Anything else you'd like to discuss before we get out of here?
2: I, I just want to say that I feel like. Over these last 48 hours, it's been very easy to throw dudes under the bus, to turn on dudes on this team. And I do think we need to be cognizant of the fact that three years ago, we would have been ecstatic with a trip to the finals and a second round playoff exit. When Chris Paul first came here, we were just hoping that they would get a playoff series. And that was the goal. So I do want to say, like, as much as there's a lot of consternation over this DeAndre Ayton situation... I really do think that the best thing would be to bring him back to fix, to mend those bridges and to come back stronger next season, tweak the roster however you need to outside of that. Um, but I don't want anyone to think that we're like out here advocating for DA to get traded no. or throwing him under the bus because this is a tricky situation and there are a lot of different factions' interests to that come into play here.
0: I think you bring up an interesting point too. If the two seasons had been reversed and you had the... Mm -hmm. second round exit first with a bad game seven and then a trip to the finals this all looks completely different as well so i think that's a a good thing to keep in mind Saul, any final da thoughts
1: uh somebody's really salty that i made fun of perk
0: oh really you make
1: fun of perk Well, I said Devin Bulka because that's the way he says it. That's the way
0: he says it. That's not making fun of him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Simply pointing it out. Yeah, that's really weird. Is that in our chat angry? (laughs) Maybe, maybe. He's like, I want to see what this show's about before
1: I go on it. And this was the day he tuned in. Well, we have a whole bunch of accents that we're going to use these ad reads in. So don't get your feelings hurt because... not yeah, somebody's it's really trying things. to make this racial, and that's really stupid. Because uh, as a black man, you can go fuck the hell off. How about that? <laughs> okay.
0: Can we go to the super chats? I'll read these before we get out of here. Jesus. Kelsey Smith, uh, one ninety nine super chat. D A for Zion Williamson. Uh, no,
3: uh,
0: Kelsey <laughs> with another one ninety nine uh, one ninety nine super chat that J- uh, Jacob just scrolled past. Why did you just hits. do that? Uh, why, yeah. would le- why would you Why would you Why would you team Booker and? With Not Luca. Uh, Look, Luca and Booker could have played together. We all miscalculated that. We all own that. And then Code with the 999 super chat. We need a Devin Booker episode. I don't know how to feel about him anymore. And we'll never look at him the same way again after the antics of falling on his face. Well, guess what? I think we're going to talk Devin Booker tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So get ready for that, Code. Be back here at 2 p.m. tomorrow. uh, And we will talk Devin Booker. And I think we'll do something fun as well because it's been kind of heavy the last three episodes and we'll work in a little something fun uh, also with uh, with the wheel of God. Why are we doing accents? (laughs) He is Gerald Borgay. Follow him at Gerald Borgay on Twitter. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. The underscore is there because he'll be doing improv uh, with all sorts (laughs) of accents. And you can put it there. You can follow us at PHNX underscore sons. You can follow me at ESPO. remember, We're here every day at 2 p.m. if you're a valley sicko and need your son's fix.
4: Ahoy, ahoy.